0: Welcome to OncoFarm. I'm your host, John Bazar. I'm an associate professor of pharmacy practice here at the sporting sponsor of OncoFarm, the Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy, where it is October 9th and fall has finally arrived. Uh, this pot should be coming out tomorrow, but it's it's cool here in East Tennessee. I'm here in my office at Mount Home, Tennessee. I'm going to talk today about the Caspian Study, which was published uh, online last week in... Uh, what is this? Lancet or Lancet Oncology? Um, and I don't know if this was presented at ESMO or not, but it's something that I just uh, I just saw in my email inbox and thought it was was pretty interesting. So this is um, extensive stage small cell lung cancer. Patients are randomized to uh, etoposide platinum plus or minus a There was a third arm that was platinum etoposide plus a plus Tremelimumab, a CTLA4 monoclonal antibody has not been approved, it's been around and studied for a while. Um, so this is in the exact same realm as Empower 133, which was published a year ago, which is a tizolizumab, another pdl one monoclonal antibody, plus or minus, or with platinibuticine, plus or minus a and that should an overall survival benefit. A has since been updated as like a Category 1 recommendation and FDA approved for that indication. So Caspian is basically... Um, a very similar study with a different immunotherapy in the same space. So I want to talk about this because um, a little bit of a piggyback of what I talked about last week is we're now getting, you know, relatively we're not at maturation in the immunotherapy era, but we're I think we're leaving, you know, the infant stage and and maybe into even beyond the toddler stage, and we're starting to see some trends and and one of the trends I hope to point out in this study is we do see some similar benefit with dervalumab if you make a dangerous cross trial comparison to the tizelizumab study. So that's what I want to talk about. So this is uh, Caspian uh, published in Lancet uh, Oncology uh, October 4th published online so you can find it in the early release. Now this is Caspian. Now you might remember der- dervalumab uh, was FDA approved originally for uh, as consolidation patients with non-small cell lung cancer with stage 3 disease who had a, a good response to concurrent chemoradiation, as, as I believe, the approval. And that was the Pacific study. So the Dervalumab folks are naming, apparently, their studies off of bodies of water. So you have the Pacific Ocean study. You have the Caspian Sea study. Um, and there's another non-small cell lung cancer study called Neptune. Now, not the planet, probably. But the Roman god of the ocean, the sea. So the folks at, at this company making Dervalumab have something um, about, about the water. They're really, in they're really you know aquatically themed in their names. So I just think they should should do a Watauga study, which is my favorite lake in the air. Maybe a Titicaca study after Lake Titicaca in South America. I mean that would certainly people would remember the Titicaca study. But I guess that doesn't matter. Uh, so back to this study. All right. So Caspian. So Tizolizumab. Plus or minus platinum, plus platinum versus platinum ibuproside. They don't present the results of the trimelimumab, uh, dervalumab, and platinum Utopicide arm. It's a one to one to one comparison, but we just have one, and then another one. Um, one of the big differences between Caspian and Empower 133 between the dervalumab and the tizolizumab study is it's you know platinum ibuproside. Uh, in this study, they could have got cis or carboplatin. Uh, and that was four cycles plus stervalumab. In the chemo-only group, they could have received up to six cycles, which was not part of the atizolizumab study, and something I criticized was, hey, you know, we tend to give six cycles if people are tolerating if we're just giving platinum therapy. Why did they only get four cycles in the atizolizumab study? This study corrected that weakness, I think, and they they got people received up to six cycles, and they do present that data. Uh, so, So four cycles of platinum etoposide, plus Dervalumab, or six cycles, up to six cycles of platinetoposide in the control arm. Now the Dervalumab dose is 1500 milligrams every four weeks. So the FDA approved dose of Dervalumab is 10 milligrams per kilogram every two weeks. So doing some simple math, let's say you have the average 75-kilogram patient, that would be 750 milligrams every two weeks, and if you just doubled that dose and gave it every four weeks, you'd get 1,500 milligrams, so looking like dervalumab might be moving toward a fixed dose like we've seen with, uh, say, uh, nivolumab and pembrolizumab and some others. Um, no crossover was allowed, of course, we wouldn't want to do that. Um, they did not offer uh, prophylactic cranial radiation to the control in the immunotherapy group because of safety concerns, although in the atizolizumab study, about 10% of patients in both the atizolizumab arm and the control group got prophylactic cranial radiation, which everyone should have received. This was limited-stage disease, and I had a response, a good response. This is uh, extensive-stage disease, so it should be considered in these patients, we shall say. Um, so, you know, that's the dosing. Uh, most of the patients, 80% received carbo, about 25% received uh, cisplatin. The median number of uh, cycles of platinipocyte were six. So so the majority of patients, more than half, did receive six cycles in the chemotherapy alone arm. The median number of doses of dervalumab, uh, I think, uh, was about seven doses or 28 weeks, uh, 28 weeks of therapy. So... As far as the results, so top line results here, the median overall survival in Empower 133. So this is a at plus four cycles of chemo versus four cycles of chemo. Empower 133, 12.3 months versus 10.3 months. So two-month median improvement in overall survival uh, with the immunotherapy group. In Caspian, median overall survival uh, with dividing my plus four cycles of chemo compared to up to six cycles of chemo, 13 months versus 10.3 months. So the control group had the exact same median overall survival, even with the addition of two extra cycles of chemo. And we see about the same difference. You, you, you know, we're not going to split hairs over 13 versus 12.3 months in the immunotherapy arms, especially in a, a dangerous cross-trial comparison. If you look at the overall survival curves, they're almost identical to what we saw in Empower 133. In Caspian, the overall survival curves separate at almost the exact same time around six months uh, after treatment. And if you you look at Empower 133 and you looked at, you copied that overall survival curve, uh, it's almost exactly the same as what we see in Caspian. There's a little bit more of a plateau right away, but Uh, you know, around six to seven months is when the curves start to separate. You look at the PFS curves, also very, very similar. Um, Now, there is a bit of a difference here. The PFS curves in Caspian, they, you know, this is an interim analysis. They blew out their alpha on their overall survival analysis, so they didn't have enough to do this comparison. But the curves are enlightening, I think. So in the EMPOWER study... The the progression free survival curves start to separate at four months, which is after patients would have received all four cycles of chemo by that point. So they separate immediately after that. Now, because that's earlier, you do see numerically a higher median overall survival, median progression free survival with the tizilizumab 4.3 months versus 5.2 months. In Caspian, the median progression free survivals are 5.1 and 5.4 months. They're the same. Part of the reason for that is, I think the control group got six cycles of chemo and the progression-free survival curves don't separate at four months. They start to separate at six months. So I think because these patients in the control group got chemo longer, you know, they they did better. And once the chemo was stopped is when the progression happened is what we see with small cell lung cancer. You know, you, do, you give your chemo and then you almost expect that disease recurrence or progression to happen two months later. You can almost set a clock to it. So the curves are very similar. Now, if you look at the 12-month progression-free survival benefit. You start to see a little bit more of a plateau for der- dervalumab, and it'll give you the 12-month PFS. So this is a year after being randomized people that are alive without disease progression. In the atizolizumab study, it's 12.6 versus 5.4 months, of course, favoring immunotherapy. In the atizolizumab, but again, this is not uh, statistically significant, hasn't been studied. 18% versus 5%. And that's a pretty. That seems to be a bigger difference um, with dervalumab. Now, is that the drug or these patients? We don't know. But I, I think what we see here, and again, the, if you look at the the subgroup analysis, you know, very consistent results. But I think what we're seeing here is atizolizumab or dervalimab offer the same benefit. Um, and of course, dervalumab was given with chemo and then in maintenance up until disease progression, uh, just like with the tisalizumab. So. Again, the same question I had after the atizolizumab study is could dervimab be given as like the Pacific study immediately after chemotherapy ends, after your four cycles or six cycles of chemo, then do, do dervalimab and do you see the same benefit? Because I know that we've given uh, or plan to give Um so we have patients admitted to get cycle one of chemo. Uh, because they're really sick, they get admitted, get diagnosed, and we start chemo right away for small cell lung cancer in the extensive stage setting, um, and they don't do well. They don't they don't make it to cycle two when we would have added tislelizumab. So it would be interesting uh, to you know not try a, a second immunotherapy drug like tremelimumab, but to have an arm that was chemo immediately followed by derivimab, essentially very similar to the uh, Pacific study that was done in non small cell lung cancer, and then of course. Um, you know, the overall response rates are above 70% for both arms, as you would expect. Um, you know, the toxicity is what you would expect. So, so that is, that is, uh, that is Caspian, um, Again, I can't wait to see what the next map study is called because I really enjoy geography. Love to read about the names of lakes and oceans and rivers and things along that sort. So that's this week's edition edition of Anco Farm. Only one study compared to all the rest from last from last week. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FarmDeetnip. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at AncoFarmPod. Feel free to, uh, you know, give us a nice review and rating in the iTunes store. Tell us what you like, what you'd like to hear more of. And you can listen to us pretty much everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter.